Black culture feeds fashion, but fashion doesn't always feed black creatives. I mean, only 7.3% of American fashion designers are black. So McDonald's is pairing five rising black designers with five fashion insiders for career-changing mentorships and the access they deserve. Because we can do better than 7.3. Together, we can change the face of fashion. Follow their journey on Instagram at wearegolden. Statistics source from Zipia.com as of 2021. Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your own body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. That's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctor. Planned Parenthood needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Greetings, ladies. Can you feel the disturbance in the force? I feel it. Our powers combined. Do not be alarmed. Listeners, you can't see it, but the three of us are in a studio taping Vibe Check together for the first time ever that y'all can hear it. In Vibe Check (laughs) history. Don't bring Ruiz to this. We are all here in New York. (laughs) Sam Sanders is here in New York. Saeed Jones is here in New York. And Zach Stafford is here in New York, and you are listening to Vibe Check live. Yes. From New York. Ooh, feels <laughs> yes. good. I always have a great kiki with y'all. I wonder how crazy off the rails, better, worse, this will be with us like in the same yeah. room. Yeah. I'm but Because to be clear, <laughs> we usually do this over Zoom, right? Yes. So the three of us spaces. are in different spaces. Zach and Sam are in LA, but they're in their homes yep. and then I'm in Columbus in my office. So, I mean, so we're looking at each other on well, Zoom. And also, we like, see each other's faces I'm and everything. showered and wearing shoes. Okay, per. I never look, take wow. that That's a good way. point. I never I take wear, that way. i shoes. Dress. Famously works out before tapings. Wow. I didn't do it today. And you didn't do that today? Okay. No, because the New York time zone. <laughs> All right. So we'll see how it goes. Anywho, <laughs> well, uh, New York, oh yeah. you're cute. The weather's fine right now. It's cute. It's, it's very it's truly autumnal. Fall. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm enjoying the fall jacket yeah. moment. We I had all a nice have. steak last night. Oh. You oh. know, doing all right. Doing all right. Anywho, this week, we're going to talk about two very different topics, but both quite interesting. Uh, first, <laughs> Jack Harlow, <laughs> his new song and the TikTok trend it has birthed called White Boy Winter. Oh, God. That's second. And listeners, if you can't tell, two of your hosts are very excited to talk about Extremely this. Excited. One of our hosts has I, gracefully compromised. <laughs> gracefully, because last week they wanted to talk about it, and I we was did. like, not on my watch, sweetie. Not on my watch, but this week we're doing it. But before that, we're going to talk about how L.A. has really just turned into Grand Theft Auto. Ooh. It is yeah. not safe in these streets. If you haven't heard by now, a large portion of the 10, the biggest highway in L.A., got burnt in a fire. Oh, man. A storage unit. Under the highway, okay. beneath the bridge, someone set that on fire. That set a big swath of the tin up on the suspension bridge on fire. Now the tin is closed. It's hard to overstate how big of a deal it is when the tin is closed mm-hmm. in L.A., but we'll explain that in a bit. Wow. Zach, it's crazy out there. It is. It's pretty bad. It's, it's pretty crazy. bad. But we left right when it happened. <laughs> sure did, baby. <laughs> I got that, that out of friends, there. <laughs> is why I set that highway on fire. Yeah. I said, you know what? <laughs> You know what? I am sick of taping alone in Eastern oh, Standard Time. Baby. I'm Eastern bringing my sisters you. here by hook or by crook. Oh, God. <laughs> Anywho, we'll talk about all of that. But first, I want to let y'all know once more the book club episode of Vibe Check with Matthew Desmond about his book, Poverty by America. It's going to air next Wednesday. We took your questions to Matthew. We took our questions to Matthew. Saeed led a beautiful conversation. 
Y'all will love it. It is. I know. It's really beautiful. It was brilliant. He yes. is wonderful, warm, detailed. I love where we're like, can you give us solutions? And he was like, how much time mm-hmm. you yes. got? let's go. You know what I mean? He's so engaging. And also he was just really moved by your questions, yeah. listeners, as we were. They were I thorough mean, and brilliant. thoughtful. And it showed yes. that our listeners, you know, do the work, baby. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. doing the work and we appreciate the it. readings. So. Yeah. That's next Wednesday. We're going to get into this episode right now. But first, I want to thank all of you who sent us fan mail, who reach out to us on social media. We love to get your messages. We read them all. I think Zach reads them the most feverishly. No, it's Saeed. <laughs> it's Saeed. Saeed's Saeed. always We kind of take turns okay. sometimes. I'm but not yeah. locked out. I can't get I out. Check it, <laughs> I, I, I check it once a week. I mm-hmm. say thank y'all. And then I move on. But Saeed is like, did you see this email? <laughs> did you see it? I want, to say, I want to say just acknowledgement of one email that I thought was kind. <laughs> one listener was like, you know, your comments about President Obama and TikTok, she was like, in listening to how you talked about it, she was like, oh, I realize I've been engaging my kids in the same way when it comes oh, to wow. the way they talk about news and politics. And hearing that, she was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And so it was just like, you know what I mean? And look, yes. you're allowed to feel how you feel, but yeah. it's always great, I think, when based on one of the conversations, yeah. people go, let me come uh, at this in a different angle. Yeah. So love, love that. It. First, before we jump into the topics, I want to ask my sisters how they're doing and what's their vibe. Zach, go first. I'm tired. Mm. Okay. But I'm not Speak tired physically. Mm. I am tired physically. Mm. Oh, spiritually, you know, existentially. Spiritually, I'm mm. tired. Because I have realized we do have an epidemic in this country that Saeed had warned me about. I what tried to tell you. I am now experiencing in real time. What and that is the, the epidemic of speakerphones in public. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People are answering phone calls yep. and hitting the speaker button and yep. talking very loud. And it'd be the dumbest phone the call. The dumbest uh-huh. phone It's never calls. a state uh-huh. secret that I can hear it or something. Uh-huh. It's I always d- some dumb I shit. I don't want to hear. Uh-huh. I don't need to hear. Why are you making me hear it? Yep. And this really came to a head last night as mm-hmm. I flew into JFK. Mm-hmm. And this young man next to me, who I really enjoyed sitting next to. Lovely guy. If he's listening. The gel talk? Really and he was, so talk. he was literally okay. sitting right next to you, literally not right near you. you. Nope. Literally right next to me. So lovely. He lost his AirPod at one point in the flight. We had to like help find it. It was like a whole okay. Okay. A little built community. Built community. Built community. Also mm-hmm. A black man. Okay. We're the only black men in our room. I mean, it shit, like, it's a twenty-seven-hour flight from LA, so exactly. you better Come be getting now. along. I was Come like, I, I could go down with this person. Like, you know, if the plane goes down, I'm okay. That's the thing I never think on a plane. All the time. Could I go down with this person that's next to me? That's a whole other thing. That's not where my brain goes. I fly so much that I'm like, hmm, is this person worth you know spending my last few moments with? He was. He was great. Okay. Until the end, we landed. And someone called. I'm assuming his mother. I don't Aww. know. Because I blacked out. He answers the call and puts on speaker and starts yelling into the phone. On speaker. On speaker. In the plane. And when? We're waiting to the plane. Yes, when, as, as you've mentioned, he has AirPods. He has AirPods. Oh, no. <laughs> that you helped him find. Yes, I'm like, you have the ability to talk privately. And he's not. So we're all listening. So not only does he answer the phone to, to talk to, I think, his mother... He gets up to go get his luggage, which is a few rows back. And it's oh, on the speaker still oh, on the no. phone while walking through all these. Was he attractive? <laughs> yes. All right. That's well, why I like him. Might be part of it. <laughs> that might be yes. part of and it. And even and that's when that moment I was like, it doesn't matter how fine you are, how yeah. nice you are, when you answer your phone in public like this. You are dead to Do me. you think this happens more now than it did, say, 10 years 1, ago? 1,000%. And Brandon Sharp, our, our dear producer on the show, mentioned that he believes that this is due to reality TV, which I do agree yeah. with. So when you watch reality TV, the Kardashians, literally all shows. Well, because they sunset. have to have both voices to make the tape right. for the exactly. show. Exactly. So they need that they audio need so you can pick I've, it up. I've been, because yeah. com- it's true, yeah. I've been complaining about this phenomenon. Just two more examples. I was sitting at the Detroit airport at the gate, an older black man, you know, nice guy, sitting by himself, looked to be in his, I don't know, 60s. He wasn't even um, doing FaceTime. He was doing something else that feels mm-hmm. related. Listening to music. <gasps> with no speech, with no man, And, and no. the only thing that kept me from fully losing it was that it was so cute to watch this older black man listen to Part of Your World from from the Little Mermaid. <laughs> I was like, by the grace of Halle Bailey's wow. voice, am I not losing my shit wow. right now? Because it's so rude. It's and then so another rude. example, I went to lunch, um, a place that I often go after we tape the podcast mm-hmm. in my neighborhood in Columbus. You know, it's, uh, what, 2 p.m. in the yeah, afternoon? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's lunch. It's a nice vibe. But someone was on their phone, on speakerphone, talking from the time I walked in oh my God. to the time I paid my check. No. I wonder if some of this is also... 
we lost our home training being inside I think that's yeah, part of pandemic. It. I yes. think that's part of it. Our sense of what's indoor behavior right. and outdoor behavior has shifted. Yeah, and yeah. what it means to share there space. There you go. There yeah. you go. I also think we live in an epidemic of main character energy. Mm. I used to like, you know, in the wake of Girls, mm. which is an incredibly written show. Lena yes. Dunham really was in her bag with that show. Yes. But it created, you know, what I think is one of the most famous main character energy shows ever. Right. But that has just created a whole generation of people. But she was parodying yes. main right. character. Yes. Energy. And no one gets that. And we're just deep in it. So yes. when people travel, they're even more of a main character, and I'm over it. And I think I've hit my breaking point because I'm on plane so much. Yeah. But now the speakerphone thing, and you were the first person to say Ooh. it to me, and now I'm picking it up. And usually yeah. it's like across the plane uh-huh. or like in the lounge. You know what you gotta do. To you know what you gotta do. Jump in the conversation. Oh. <laughs> hey, girl, it's Sam. What's up? If I can hear hey, you, mama. we're talking. Yeah, I guess hey, I'm mama. In this conversation. Let's go. Let's go. I mean, lunch. I'm yeah. truly fascinated. I think the reality TV show element oh, is sure. really yeah. interesting. Listeners, are you seeing that? Because truly, I'm like, well, yeah. this like, is a thing. It's I, a thing. I blame then ultimately reality show producers mm. the easiest uh, way to get a phone call right. on tape is through speakers and, and you, you want to be able both. to kind of dramatize Wait, yeah. it, are they reaction? our major villain they created this problem they created Donald Trump what listen else reality show producers <laughs> y'all owe us mm. Anywho, <laughs> next <laughs> Saeed what is your vibe my vibe is good. I'm in New York for the next couple of weeks. I'm here to be with y'all. We're doing yeah. a bunch of things together in person. And that, I mean, I, I literally, I keep kind of giggling just look, yes. seeing wild. you across the yes. table from me. Yes. It's so fun. And we're getting to see our whole team here. And, you know, it's just like so fun. And Thanksgiving is coming up and my birthday. And so yeah. I decided I wanted season. to celebrate all of that. So, yes, Sagittarius season is almost upon us, yes, baby. children. The light is coming. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just okay. my, my vibe is honestly good. I'm just I'm feeling good. I'm happy. Good. Got a lot of cool things going on. Oh, I guess one little thing I can mm. say. I think it's public enough. I am joining the faculty of the yes. Bennington College Writing Seminars uh, to teach creative writing. I'm so excited. So can I go to your class? <laughs> you can. Like... You can if you get accepted. Oh. <laughs> If Where you is get Bennington? Where is this school? Bennington's in Vermont, from Bennington College. I'll go to Vermont. Yeah, and it's cool because so it's a low residency program. Um, and so we will be on campus for like 10 days in January, and then the rest of the time it's over email. Oh, you know, students nice. sending me their work. So I'm just I'm just really excited. And Vermont's cute in the Vermont winter. Vermont is cute. I've been there once before. Stay at Hotel Vermont. When oh, you we, go. I'm gonna stay on campus. They, they oh, have a little faculty nice, house. Nice, nice. Cool. It's cute. So yeah, I'm just, you know, it feels good. I love this time of year. I'm excited to be with you, and I'm excited to have, you know, some career stuff coming up. Are you excited for your students to be Vibe Check listeners? <laughs> and you better make them Vibe Check listeners. You walk in that class and you say, if you want to hear words that will change the world, I will be vibe assigning check. classwork from my show. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yes. Actually, this is funny because yesterday I, I got my hair done. My girl Jamie, a friend and a neighbor, we're you know, sitting in the kitchen as we do. And um, two of her friends were there, lovely black gay guys visiting from Seattle. And they happened to both be wonderful drag queens, one of whom Love just it. won a pageant. And so we said hello already, but then, you know, we're getting into the conversation. And I guess I laughed. And one of them turned around and said, I recognize your voice. Are you? Aww. And just like that, like because even though we'd already said yeah, hello, that moment yeah. of connecting the dots, and then I, I looked and I realized I was like, oh my god, you're wearing, you know, the breakup with your boyfriend shirt from yeah. the read. So we just uh, had a I whole a whole it. conversation. That so we're out here. Out yes. Here. yes, yes, I love it. Sam, how are you? How's your vibe, my love? My vibe is good. The flight was okay yesterday. No one was on speakerphone. <laughs> it wasn't Southwest <laughs> Airlines. Ooh, okay. And All I right. slept really well last night at the hotel. So glad for that. But yeah. my vibe is still making sense of or peace with or shaking my fist at mm. the Vogue profile that dropped this week of Jeff Bezos' oh my wife. Oh, the Annie Leibovitz photo. <laughs> Did y'all see this foolishness? I, I saw that photo against my will. I um, look, love- I logged onto the Vogue Instagram account just to, in the comments, throw a bunch of tomatoes. <laughs> yes, tomatoes, tomatoes. So, <laughs> if y'all don't know, Jeff Bezos, in the last few years, has begun dating Lauren Sanchez uh, after his big and messy divorce from Mackenzie Bezos, who's actually become a great philanthropist. I know she had a good laugh she yesterday. She sure did. I know she but, did. Um, um, I don't know who paid Vogue to do this, but Vogue did the most fawning photo spread and profile of Lauren Sanchez 
that makes your skin crawl the more you read it. Mm. It was bad. Also, the photo. Have oh, y'all seen the read photo? It? I read it, girl. Oh, you read oh. it? I didn't even read it. So the lead photo is Jeff Bezos in a cowboy hat and like a vintage SUV, and then Lauren Sanchez in clinging like a to tank him and like the laying weirdest. on him in the seat and clinging to him so yeah. weirdly. It looks like a farce. Oh uh-huh. yeah, and the airbrushing is doing work in that photo. Yeah. Heavy work. I, yeah. And the bicep was enlarged. I don't think his arm is that big. That looks. Enlarged. I guess like it. You know, it was funny to watch these really weird pictures. The listeners go Google them. But it was disappointing to see Vogue do the kind of cleanup job it did for that couple. Was it disappointing? I guess my expectations for how Vogue under Anna Wintour engages elitism are so low that I'm like, yeah. But I think the thing with these legacy institutions, Mm -hmm. all of them, Vogue, The New Yorker, New York Magazine, all these big magazines, when they want to do real journalism, they They can. can. Even Vanity Fair, when they want to do real journalism, they can. That's a good point. And Vogue chose not at all to question power in this moment. They spent half yeah. the piece talking about how she's like this great philanthropist. And then there's like a line about how, well, what are they doing for carbon emissions? What? They have built a mega clock 10,000 feet beneath the ground. They keep flying to space unsuccessfully. And at one point, the profiler is like, do you feel bad about all your carbon footprint? She's like, no, we're building the future. And that was it. Mm. Push back against power. I, it hurt me that there was no pushback. I will say I cannot recall a moment in recent history in which Vogue has successfully pushed back against power in the profile. Okay. Vanity Fair, though, I think does a better Vanity job Fair will. Okay, Vanity but Fair gets, Vogue, gets catty. I agree. Mm-hmm. And they have the space to do it. It would be so... I mean, Teen Vogue is the example. Yeah. Which their summit is this weekend yes. if you're in LA. Yes. I'll be there if you're in town. It's going to be great. Yeah. But Teen Vogue would have pushed back. So yeah. it's sad, to your point, like, that. why does Vogue have yeah. this opportunity also, and they're not saying something? Also, I love Anna Leibovitz, but, like, girl... Break free of the grayscale or whatever you're doing with these photos. It's it's always just like, we get it, Annie. Well, frankly, well, at least based on the one photo that I endured of them, I actually felt her bias toward that kind of grayscale lighting worked with their ashy ass. It did. The problem is when she tries to shoot black people. I'm not disappointed because I don't have the expectation that this iteration of Vogue would push back against power. But I am surprised that Vogue would be like, but we'll do a cover shoot with you. You know, like it would be one thing for Vogue to just be like, well, we don't get into that. But also, like, don't give them the glossy. The profile was thousands of words. Oh, my. Anywho, my vibe is laughing at the Bezos Sanchez family. (laughs) That's my vibe. All right, listeners, before we get into this episode, we want to thank all of you who have sent us fan mail and reached out to us on social media. We absolutely love reading your messages, so keep them coming at vibecheckatstitcher.com. All right, with that, shall we jump in? Let's Let's do it. Let's get into this mess. All right, so to start off today, we want to talk about cars. And our obsession with them and why Sam Sanders thinks they should be ended forever and ever. End them. End them. <laughs> also, end I realized as we were teasing the segment, Grand Theft Auto, the video game, which is one of the biggest video games of all time, all time. they haven't released one in years. I forget, it's like over six to ten years ago. Oh. And there's now one coming out right oh. now. Oh. So this is perfect timing for us oh. to talk about cars. Sure is. Yeah. Sure is. All right. So for those who haven't heard, over the weekend, Los Angeles traffic became a lot worse. And when I mean a lot, I mean it was Because to be clear, that's what people are like, well, isn't it always bad? It's always bad. Uh And the reason why it's always bad is because this highway called the 10. Mm-hmm. The 10 runs from the west side to the east side of It LA runs County. from the beach through, like, Texas, yeah, actually. It goes real far. Okay. Yeah, it goes and, far. But it's kind of one of the main arteries of Los Angeles County, Got which it. is the most populous county in the United States, with 10 million people. Mm-hmm. All those people drive cars. Mostly. Actually, this little <laughs> geography breakdown is really helpful. For <laughs> yeah. like super helpful. So, good. like, when you think of L.A., uh-huh. think of, like, the north part, and the south part, Got it. and the dividing line is the is, 10. Okay. And it's one of the biggest highways in the country. Mm-hmm. It goes through several states. Okay. But without fail, if you're going anywhere in L.A., at some point, you're on the 10. You have mm-hmm. to go. You have to go to the 10. Okay, I got it. So, yes. okay, the southerner in me is like, oh, okay, so it this is, like is, is I-35 in Texas. There you go. Can, yes. Which actually goes, you're goes right, from right actually Canada yes. all the yes. way to Mexico. Yes, or yes. Got like it. I-65. Yes. Got it. So, like, I-65. imagine okay. that size of a highway, that big okay. of a thoroughfare. All right. yeah. Then imagine it catching on fire. Yeah. Yeah. And where it caught on fire is wildly horrible for Like near downtown. Near downtown. So, what happens in L.A., I live really close to downtown L.A. You live not too far. You live south of the 10. 
Brooklyn, yeah. which the 10 is also a racial divide for the oh, city yeah. as well. Okay. Oh, yeah. South uh-huh. of it uh, is that unusual for highways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's highways a history do that, there. which we can get into that later. So the 10 is kind of a main artery of all the interstates that hit in downtown LA. So it becomes this kind of cluster, and Got it's it. also considered one of the most dangerous intersections in the entire world. Oh, yes. Because yes. of how everything hits. So on Saturday night around midnight, when the fire caught... And it's it, arson, they say. It's arson. Someone said it. They don't know who yet. It began to rage so badly that parts of the highway began melting. And <gasps> it, yes, like literally melting. Okay, so and this part of the highway is up, like, 20 feet. Yes. Okay, so th- And it this, was on fire. Okay, that actually makes my question even... How does a highway catch fire? Because so here's it's, the deal. You know, there's it's stuff concrete. Under it. no, but but so, how can it be so bad that it's melting? Because there there's a, a storage bomb? unit underneath okay. this part of the highway. What the hell was So for a large unit? portion of the 10, uh-huh. it is elevated, okay. and there are other streets going under okay. it. Yeah, yeah. And, and some portions of the 10... There are things beneath it. Yeah. Like a, a big storage unit. People live there sometimes. Okay. Like, but this part of the highway had a big storage facility on it that was yeah. set on fire. Yeah, a lot of pallets were set on yes. fire. And the fire kept growing. And because of the intensity of the flames, the metal railings of the highway began uh, melting inside. Wow. Then they were like, shut it down. You yeah. cannot be on this. Yeah. And it got wow. so bad that Governor Newsom of California declared a state of emergency for the entire state. Just yeah. for everyone, because it was so bad, and we were already seeing it ripple. The mayor of LA, she also asked people not to go to work yesterday. Or Monday. Also, poor, poor Karen Bass. She Karen just Bass. got here. <laughs> Karen Bass is going wow. through. And the big controversy with this is that people were blaming unhoused folks for it this was fire, not which we, there's an no unhoused evidence fire. of that. And Karen Bass is a big advocate for f- folks dealing with homelessness right yeah. now. Okay. So it became this huge political issue that's wow. going to spill over forever, but it has made LA. Horrible. Because 300,000 people every day pass that part of the tent. Mm. 300,000 every day. So now everything is just screwed up. Everyone's on surface streets, uh-huh. which was already a mess. The, the one bad. thing I know about this, just as, like I was saying on the way here, listen to other news podcasts, is yeah. that the last time this happened to the tin, it was like 1994 because of an earthquake. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Damn. Well, and like every few years, they'll shut down portions of major highways for like construction right. work. Uh-huh. They get LA folks ready for months for like one They're day. They're like emotional. They're like, you emotional gotta, let's come up with a plan. Oh, yeah. It was several years ago they had Carmageddon, where one big highway was out just for a day. Okay. People were Y2K in that shit. Yeah. Wow. People were scared. I mean, so to see this happen unexpectedly, yeah. it is shaking the city. Yeah. It is shaking literal the city. infrastructure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, before we wow. get into like more details around this, Saeed Jones, Oof. you've always said LA was hell. Mm. What do you think of this news? <laughs> I say I'd be knowing. I guess I don't. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's it's infrastructure is no small thing. Mm. Uh, you know, look if people cannot move, I don't know how LA works. It's a city, and and this is I know what the kind of broader conversation we want to have around driving the future of transportation in this country. But the reality is that for now, LA, like many other cities, but I think LA epitomizes a city that, first of all, if you don't have a car, or if you have a car and you can't get to where you need to go because of the situation on the 10, for example, the city breaks down. Yeah. And this is the thing thing. that I keep thinking about when I think about this story. It is a story of so many cities, Mm -hmm. and it is a story of corporate greed that got us there, but a lot of major cities in America, all of their transpo eggs are in one basket. Yeah. They're so reliant on cars, Just cars that if the car and the highway doesn't work, there's point. no other option. Mm. Other developed cities across the world have multiple options. Yeah. A good bus system, That's a, a good, good train system, etc. Because LA has no other real mm-hmm. infrastructure for transport on a wide scale besides highways and cars, we're screwed. Yeah. If our metro system were more robust, this would be less of a problem. But it's not. It's not. It's not. And we're also in the midst of preparing for the Olympics in 2028. (laughs) Hey, now. Hey, now. Which they have said, which they have said, no, sorry, this will make you crack up. This will make you crack up. Oh, my God. (laughs) You don't. Hey, now. You crazy. Wait. This is why I drive Here's the kicker, though. Here's the kicker. Can I tell you the kicker? Please. The powers that be on the Olympic organizing committees have pledged that the LA Olympics will be, quote, car free. Girl. <laughs> That's what they said. A mess. That's what they said. I love that beautiful home this night. It's a mess. The it's universe said car free. Cool. Here's a test. It's a mess. Let's see how you like it. Oh so their plan God. for the Olympics is to not actually have parking at the venues. So you're forced yeah. to ride share, bus, subway. But let me tell you something. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're not ready for we're that. We're not sure. ready. And now we're definitely not ready when one of the biggest highways in the up? world yeah. has now. Yeah. I guess up. I will. <laughs> that's, I'm sorry. That's, I literally have tears. Um, I guess I will say. I really don't like the Olympics as an organization. There's so yeah, much corruption. It's corrupt in the I feel like the countries. only, and I call this a thin silver lining for hosting the Olympics, is it is an opportunity for cities to at least make the case or the mm-hmm. attempt to rethink infrastructure yes. in, in a grand way. Yes. I know Paris is doing a lot of stuff, for example, with the Sin and like mm-hmm. water, you know, and all that kind of stuff. You can swim in it now. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but that's a tall yeah, order. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. I, Just to turn from the Olympics. I'm thinking about some other larger issues around car transport Mm. in the midst of this tin catastrophe. I was already, when I heard the news, saying, oh, there's going to be people fighting over this traffic. There's going to be rage around this traffic and this traffic jam and this highway shut down. Mm -hmm. And I thought that first because that's been my experience as a Californian for the last few years. Road rage gets deadlier every year. Traffic incidents are up. Mm-hmm. astronomically since the pandemic began. Mm-hmm. Zach, you shared this data point. According to recent data, 92% of all drivers witnessed a road rage incident in the past year. Yeah. And in 2022, somebody was shot and killed Ooh. in a road rage incident every 16 hours. Oh every, 16 hours. every 16 and hours. And to add to that, to make Saeed hate California even more. Not possible. Uh, Saeed, guess how many out of the total percentage of car fatalities each year are in California? Out of 100. 80 out of 100. Oh, wow, that's okay. Never mind. It was 10 percent. Oh, okay. <laughs> so one in ten. One in ten. Producers are looking at me wow, like, damn, sir. Bro. Uh, sir. One in ten. One in ten. Oh gosh, and it is. It's getting pretty bad. I mean, I've told you all this privately, but months ago. I got in a road rage incident where a guy tried to run me right. off the road for miles. So I had to flee. Yeah. It was awful. I have many friends that have been through it. The show Beef is based right. off oh, of yeah. own experience yes. of that happening to them. It's- and even yesterday, on my way to the airport, my neighbors almost got into a fist fight <gasps> over an EV parking spot, which was hours Was it a after- Tesla driver involved? It was a Tesla sure driver was. Sure was. Sure was. Sure was. Elon Musk supporter <laughs> was doing this. Really? Uh, and this was hours after I was already at LAX picking up Craig from a, a flight where there was a fight and the arrivals over parking no. there. So it's just like everywhere well, is yes. really tense right now. Well, and, and so my second thought past road rage is like, oh, the thing that we think is the fix for driving is not the fix. Yeah. We've all invested in this idea of electric cars saving right. the day. They're not going to save the day. Right. Yeah, it doesn't change the culture. It doesn't change driving. the culture of driving, which is toxic yeah. and well, problematic. So, so, so that's the thing. This is really interesting because if cities like L.A. had a, a more diversified portfolio of yeah. transportation, yeah. obviously the highway, that would still be a problem, but it would be less exactly. of a problem. Exactly. And it also just shows like how dependent we are not just on cars, but on fossil fuels, right? Yeah. Because yes. electric vehicles are doing something really essential. The point of that is to begin to move Western nations away from our dependency yes. on fossil fuel. And that is huge yes. and a huge undertaking. However... That is not going to solve the broader problem, which is dependency on cars. And there's a mythology around electric cars that they're all so great and saving the world. Mm. It's not quite true. I want to quote from an L.A. Times op-ed by Michael Schneider. And he just lays out how these EVs aren't actually going to save us all. One, this idea that electric cars don't pollute. They still pollute. Just less because mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. things that you have to do to make them sure. creates pollution, right? Also, the chemicals and rare earth materials that are needed to make those batteries, mm-hmm. they come from conflict regions. Right. They come from bad labor yep. practices. Mm-hmm. And those they kinds of batteries can, and all kinds mm-hmm. of yes, things we use. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, and then when you think about California, a place where people have to charge their electric cars that is using a power grid that's usually strained mm-hmm. all summer. Oh, wow. And sometimes what's used to make the electricity to charge those cars is coming from fossil fuels. Yeah. This idea that these cars will save us, it's so not true. And it's like what I would hope happens in this moment is that Karen Bass and Gavin Newsom and Joe Biden come out and say, this proves the point. Yeah. Cars aren't sustainable. Highways aren't sustainable. We need some other things. But no one's doing that. They're Mm -hmm. just saying, here's an EV voucher. Mm -hmm. It's all good. No, it ain't, baby. No, it ain't. They've definitely been, they're ramming the EV vouchers down everyone's throat. They're like, get EVs, do this. You can now get a Tesla with the rebates for like less than 30 grand. Less than a Camry. And what I think we have an opportunity to do, and then I'm going to throw it aside because you actually live in this world, but, you know, LA, due to this 
huge failure within our infrastructure. And what people should know is, you know, LA is going through a very special moment, but they're not alone. Currently, the U.S. has a C minus in the national ratings For of what? infrastructure. Oh, so we not oh. even as a whole yeah. pretty bad. And Pete Buttigieg talks about this a lot. Yeah, it's bad. Of transportation. But what we have an opportunity to consider is what does a carless LA look like now that one of the biggest valves of the city are shut down? And I think that's a very frightening thing for Angelinos because we've never had to consider a walking city yeah. or a biking city just because it's so dangerous. But like you live in a city in which you don't drive. So what right. is life like doing yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I go? guess, so So it's, it's rightfully, I will say, rightfully frightening for people in Los Angeles because... The city isn't built for yeah. it. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I remember years ago being in L.A. for work, and it was just a technically a 10-minute walk from my uh, hotel to the office. And it was one of those moments where, and I've read about this, where, like, driver-dependent cities are often designed mm-hmm. to make walking feel uncomfortable. Well, you feel even like you're things, violating anyone. Like, you can notice a difference when the sidewalk is right next to right. the road yeah. or a few feet in. Is it tree-lined? Exactly. Is it wide? Does it cut these... off for no reason? Yeah, yeah. You so, know? so, yeah. So I would say, you know, in Columbus, Ohio, I live in the city's one, and I want to be clear, one walkable neighborhood oh, wow. in a metropolitan area of about a million people. Wow. You know, so it's not that Columbus is, you know, like exactly the model for this. But yeah, when I moved to Columbus in 2019, I have, I've never actually owned a car in my life. Um, I had really? a, I had a I had a driver's license, you know, up until probably 2015, and then I finally was like, you know what? I was living in New York, and yeah. I was like, I don't. Yeah. But you know, I, I've decided to stick with it because why? You know, one, I, frankly, it's trauma. You know, I grew up with a black single mother and her used sob, <laughs> and I have so many visceral <laughs> memories of either worrying about her car breaking down while she was by herself or it actually happening and the money, da-da-da, that I remember literally as a kid, there's an aha moment. We visit New York City for the first time. I'm in the eighth grade, and I'm like, there are places you can live where you don't need a car. That was huge. But yeah, Yeah. I I think... Living in a walkable neighborhood, one, it's designed, you know, it's pleasant Mm -hmm. to walk about the neighborhood where I live. And it makes me more alert to my neighborhood and my community. I I like how I engage it. It's possible. possible. And so I guess what's interesting is, and this is why, for example, California seems to be focusing just on electric vehicles. Because to really take on, because really this is about climate change. Mm -hmm. Politicians, I, I think, are scared. And they want to reach for the lowest hanging apple (laughs) to go, here's this. And I think they're like, let's do this instead of acknowledging that actually we need to have a holistic transformation. And I think a lot of what's going on here, and Zach, you can attest to this. People come to L.A. and come to Southern California Mm -hmm. and California to feel like they are the masters of their own domain. (laughs) They get their home and their compound in their backyard with the shrubs that hide everything else. They're in their car and it's their palace while Mm -hmm. they're driving. Asking Angelinos and Southern Californians to use public transit Mm. on a wide scale is asking them to change the way that they interact with other people. And it's asking a lot of times wealthier folks to have to be around poorer folks. Or another example, because I I know this is a big conversation happening in Columbus, Mm -hmm. but you're also seeing it in cities like New York. Make it easier for people to ride their bikes safely. Safely. If you've spent time in Berlin and you ride bikes there, you see how, again, Mm -hmm. the infrastructure. I will never forget when I was living in Berlin in 2012, riding my bike at night Mm In a thunderstorm wow. on the highway between two big old, like, what, yeah, yeah, eight, yeah. eight-wheeler mm-hmm. trucks or whatever, and yeah. I was fine. They gave me the right of way, yeah. you know, as it's supposed to go, because the infrastructure and the culture there yeah. acknowledges yes. that bikes and bicycle riders need to be treated safely. Well, That's part of what And I hear what here. you're saying is that this city and its infrastructure respects community and says right? we yeah. exist in community. Uh-huh. Everything about... Southern California's yeah. transit culture is not community-based. Very individual Individual-based. Yeah. yeah, people don't, like take part in elections. They don't even know who their city council person is. They don't really think about it as a place in which you collaborate with people. When I moved to LA, I found it to be the loneliest place in the world. It's very lonely. Because you get in your car and you're by yourself and everyone is adversarial to you. Like you are Mm. in a battle. And then you get where you're going and you don't leave. Yeah, you don't leave. You sit in an office and you don't talk to people. So it's like the whole culture in itself is really bad. And also LA is dealing with a class culture in which, you know, of cities like Beverly Hills within the county who won't even let train lines open. They don't want to train in Beverly Hills. They fight it. They don't want their community to be more accessible. Exactly. They don't want it to be more wow. accessible. So well, to your like, point, yeah. it's about building gates so that we can't have this access. And access you, means that it's walkable. The, the snobbiest rich folks I've ever encountered 
have been West LA liberals. Let's go. That, that <laughs> Let's go. Well, yeah. with that, you know, if you're if you're really interested in this conversation, there's a book I'll recommend, and there's many other books I'll, I'll have to post about later. But one that came to mind was by Jeff Speck from Harvard. It's called Walkable City: How Downtown Can Save America One Step at a Time, which is a book about not driving. And West just, LA liberals, you heard me. <laughs> Email me. We can talk. And can I show just one more yeah. example? You know, in Columbus, something I will say I've noticed is the phenomena. If you have all these cars, then you need a lot of parking lots. Yeah. Yep. And I just the frequency with which I'm seeing like often like historic buildings mm-hmm. and, and sculptures and stuff being torn down so we can have more parking yes. lots that are often empty yes. all the time. And you know? exasperating climate change. Yes. And yeah. last stat. According to this LA Times op-ed, just keeping the highways and byways going in America is an expensive endeavor. Mm-hmm. In 2019, America spent $203 billion nationwide on highways and roads. What if that money went somewhere else? Yeah. Anywho, yep. don't get me started. Well, don't maybe we'll do a whole episode on cars yes. and driving. There's and a, I mean, it's interesting because there's a lot. You're right. It, it's it's about infrastructure, technology, climate change, behavior, yeah. individualism versus community. There's a lot there. Yeah. yeah. And also my last note on this, Waymo, the self-driving car company that's become really popular in San Francisco. You see driverless cars yeah, everywhere I going around. Thanks. I ain't they doing it. They have in L.A. And it <laughs> no. is the most terrifying no, thing in the world. I ain't doing I it. see them driving driving down the 10 actually the other day and it was not for me. All right, well, listeners, we're going to take another quick break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Here's an HIV pill dilemma for you. Picture the scene. There's a rooftop sunset with fairy lights and you're vibing with friends. You remember you've got to take your HIV pill. Important, yes, but the fun moment is gone. Did you know there's a long-acting treatment option available? So catch the sunset and keep the party going. Visit PillFreeHIV.com today to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. Sounds like you could use a break. Well, at least I could. And by break, I mean a Kit Kat bar. You know, growing up, my sister and I loved candy. And we loved fighting over candy. And the one candy bar that we loved to share was a Kit Kat. It was easy to break and it also had the best jingle. Kit Kats are one of my favorite nostalgic treats and they're still around and still so delicious. It is an immersive, multi-sensory experience to eat one of these Kit Kat bars because of the auditory snap and crispy, creamy texture and engaging design that compels you to enjoy every last bite. In a category of bars built to be mindlessly enjoyed, Kit Kats demand your attention. So have a break. Have a Kit Kat. Okay, we are back and friends, listeners, frenemies. This is the battle none of you have been waiting for. Battle. But Zach and I are very Girl, excited about we it. We have been planning. <laughs> it, it would I know only y'all be have not been sitting at home being like, oh, I can't wait to hear Vibe Chat talk about Jack Harlow. But Said and Zach have been. It would only be a battle if I had the energy to fight. <gasps> and let me tell you, a man, Sam I'm not going to so fight tired. over. <laughs> Mr. Harlow. <laughs> No, no. King. <laughs> who, who, who no, no, no. See, you take it too far. Save your love. You take it too far. I was far. channeling our sister Lil Nas X, who was treating him that way for many years. <laughs> okay, so... Well, first, explain who Jack Harlow is to folks who might not know. I, I also have to say that Jack Harlow's gone to number one on Billboard many times, and you treat him like he is... Not I sure do. All, I sure do. <laughs> I just, I just. So, Jack Hall's a rapper. He is white. Who, <laughs> don't, listeners, don't listen to Sam. Don't listen to Sam Hate on it. this. This is like asking Al Roker to explain the most recent Alexander McQueen collection. You know, it's just, <laughs> just you know. <laughs> and Al would say, "Sunny." Yes. Okay. Okay. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. Okay. So, so what you what you need to know, Jack Harlow is a Caucasian rapper having the best Rasbinga of all time. <laughs> just, just Can really, sh- just going down in history books as a legend on that front. <laughs> you know, um, he is mediocre in face, mediocre often in talent. His last album, you know, uh, not so it great. Had that Fergie song, yeah, on it. had that. Fer- and and if you heard it, you were definitely vibing more to the Fergie, the Fergie sample part. than you were to his lyrics. Yes. Like he's not. I will say, and this is very clear, he is not someone that I think is like, oh man, he's an incredible lyricist, incredible performer. No. Yeah. However, to side's defense too, this song we're going to discuss today, uh-huh. when Side first heard it, 
he predicted it wasn't going to be good. Right. So, right. Said is not so, a Jack Harlow stan. <laughs> I'm not a Jack Harlow stan. So a couple of weeks ago, a new TikTok sound kind of emerged that Zach and I noticed mm-hmm. pretty early. It's from the now single that came out this week, Lovin' On Me, Jack Harlow's new single that has a great kind of 90s hip-hop it's a sample. sample feel. It's very flirty. It's very like the vibe of the song, and obviously we'll play a clip of it, but the vibe of the song is very like you meet that cocky guy mm-hmm. at the bar and he's stupid. <laughs> he's, you know, he's like, whatever. You're rolling your eyes at him. But you keep talking to him. I'm vanilla baby. I'll choke you, but I ain't no killer baby. She's 28, telling me I'm still a baby. I get love in Detroit like Skiller baby. And the thing about your boy is, I don't like no whips and chains, and you can't tie me down. But you can whip your loving on me. Whip your loving on me. I would say that's the vibe <laughs> of the song. I Perhaps best epitomized by the cringiest lyric mm-hmm. ever. She's wearing cheetah print. That's how bad she want to be spotted with your boy. <laughs> it's so bad. When I tell you, I kicked my feet like a schoolgirl uh, when I, I giggled. I said, Jack. Same. Jack. So it's it's it, because it gives that energy. Those lines give the energy of. It's very cheesy. Like when it's I very was cheesy. a single girl at the bar. And the guy that would never have a chance comes up to you with so much confidence. Right. And, and you're like, what is happening? You're like, what is happening? That you have to entertain You are shooting above your pay grade, Here's another lyric where you're like, okay, Jack. He raps at one point in the song, if you came with a man, let go of his hand. And I, frankly, <laughs> I cannot wait to be out with a guy and to do just that. To do just that. Anywho, Jack knew what he was doing. So here's the thing. So the song came out as a clip Mm -hmm. um, on TikTok. And there's a term that I've seen starting to take off on TikTok that I'm excited about. Snippet fishing. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, a, like an upcoming song comes out and you just hear like the best five seconds of it. And it gets you so excited about the song. You know, it goes viral on TikTok because let me tell you, and Zach, our white boy correspondent, will give us context <laughs> on this in a moment. In a moment. Ooh. We will get there. I love that title. But, white but, boy but, but like white guys on TikTok who like to do thirst traps, they're like so excited about the, the song because, because they're like, this so, is perfect yeah. for me. So there's a portion of the sample in Jack Harlow's lyrics right. where it says, I'm vanilla, but I can still choke you. Mm-hmm. And so these <laughs> white the guys, these white guys in TikToks are just posting oh, that they're portion. They're but all so they're doing happy. is like looking at the camera seductively, maybe licking their lips, showing off their outfit, and maybe like Touching their neck a little because bit. the it's thing so is, lazy. for most of those guys, unlike Jack Harlow, it's enough it because enough, most yeah. of their face cards don't decline. Jack, however, overdrawn. Yeah, overdrawn. Here's my Please thing. contact your local bank. Here's my thing with the whole TikTok of it all, and why I pushed back against talking about this last week. Because when y'all were like, "It's a thing, it's a thing, it's a thing," I kept seeing them, and I was like. They're not doing anything. But they don't have They're to. not dancing. They're not funny. There's no <laughs> editing. They're just looking at you while eight seconds of Jack Harlow plays. <sighs> Listen, I, I'm a so, poet. I believe in art for art's sake. Yes. <laughs> same, 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 same. But wow. why, why we were noticing yes. it and why I was tracking it, I guess, as now the resident white boy correspondent of Vibe Speak Check. on it. Um, Give us know, your expertise, dearling. a dearling, person darling. who served much interracial, a lot of interracial <laughs> content on the internet. Are you as, on, on Swirl TikTok? You're on Swirl Because I am one interracial myself, so I am the child of Swirl. And Not biracial, interracial. interracial. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want, whatever term, the terms always switch for us as a community. We don't know what we want. I'm each week. hot from but laughing. <laughs> we, but I also, you know, I have a partner who is white, so like, you know, I'm de- my TikTok is like, here, this is for you. So I saw it emerge and one, I was disturbed by seeing so many black women, some of them I knew, some of them I love from afar, over it. getting choked by their white partners on the Wait, internet. Wait, that was oh, for I the have TikToks? not seen that. Oh, yeah. Wait, in some of the TikToks, oh, yeah. the black partner's been choking the white partner? The white partner has choked the black partner. And I was consensual like, choking, consensual to choking, be clear. Wait a minute. Not to yuck the young. Not you like the young. it, I love it. Not yuck the young. But that's Ooh. the thing that was happening. There's one account that I'll show you that I was surprised. They live in the suburbs. This woman... Oh, okay. D- typically doesn't do these things wow. that she was getting choked by her okay. white man. But I was like, whoa, what is they happening? They said Jeremy O'Harris. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy. Oh, my God. Leave it in. You better leave it in. 
Chantel. For those who don't you get the reference, it's a reference to Slave fans? Play. <laughs> to the, the play, Slave Play, that was on Broadway. That was all about racial trauma. Wow. Was about this. But no, this is why I was thinking about it, because right before Broadway shut down during the pandemic, which is still ongoing, but when it first hit, there was a show on Broadway called Slave Play, which was about interracial love. That was about using pre-antebellum tropes to explore trauma. Sexually. It was a very controversial show, but it kind of set the stage for on the internet for a lot of these things to emerge, and now Jack Harlow's written a song that feels like it's part of it. And on yeah. TikTok, it's gotten to the point that now the, the hashtag that's kind of, that they're running with is white boy winter. Yes. Which I find really interesting. Okay, because... Please break, please, I want to hear why you find this. I think that we have reached a cultural moment where white people, and particularly white men understand and acknowledge that they too are raced. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. When I was yeah. a kid, that's a good point. Huh? The default for man not was neutral. a white yeah. guy. The right. default for woman was a white woman. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now with this TikTok trend, what I'm seeing is white men in a relatively inoffensive way acknowledging their white maleness. Mm-hmm. That, that even though it's lazy, I think it's progress. <laughs> I think it's progress a little bit. I mean, yeah, because even in the lyric, it's like, I'm vanilla baby. Yeah, but they're acknowledging their race. It's kind of like an understanding. And it's also targeting, you know, why I really wanted to talk about this, because I was at dinner with a dear friend. She was a black woman, lives in New York, and she's as obsessed with the song. And mm-hmm. she's like, wait a minute, this is making me feel certain ways. And that's become a big thing on TikTok with black women, saying... Maybe I will date a white guy now. This is interesting because of this. And to think Jack Harlow started it all. I could not imagine hearing a song being like, well, now I'll date a person (laughs) that I wasn't interested in dating before. Take it to therapy, sis. Here's what I will say. I'm interested in the... Every time I look over and I see our producers cracking up. This is so fun being in the room together. This song is interesting to me because it's a... It's a collision. Mm. I'll be honest. I think that if you like pop music, if you like particularly like 90s, early 2000s, you're going to enjoy the song. If you liked uh, Big Pun, I Don't Want to Be a Player. If if you you liked Drake from 10 years ago. Drake from 10 years ago. I would even take it up to Truffle Butter. If you enjoyed those kinds of like, let's get stupid, let's have be flirty fun, you're going to enjoy the song. But it often collides with a lot of the politics where Mm. you go, wait a minute. A white rapper? What you know, like and so it's been I don't know. I think it's fun seeing people whether they go, Wow, Jack is kinda cute, which not my vibe, or Jack is making these other people seem kind of attractive. That's an interesting kind of And I think Jack Harlow is making danceable bops in a moment where yes. most of the other male rappers yes. are not. Sad. Drake is sad and angry. Uh-huh. Kanye has lost it. No one listens anymore. Who's, Travis Scott Future. is Travis out there. Scott. Future. Yeah. I mean, you talked with, I was thinking about I this, talked you talked with Chance, Chance the Rapper, rapper and, and he like, was like, all the, the guys male aren't rappers, happy. Yeah. yeah. The guys aren't happy. Women, Women. in hip-hop They're doing are having a uh, hoot. Yeah. And yeah. so I think what happens, uh-huh. you have Jack Harlow, not a great rapper, release a song that's catchy, but not a great song, Mm -hmm. it gets all this traction because there's a hole there. Mm -hmm. There's a vac... Like, we have not had the dudes making us danceable bops in years. So Jack does it on a minimal scale, and we love it. Yeah, Yeah, This song reminds me of the motto and Truffle Butter, like you were saying, Saeed. Mm -hmm. It felt like many years ago, all the male rappers, Lil Wayne included, were just making shit to dance to. Making shit to dance to. And I want that. And so Jack is doing that, and because no one else on the male side is doing it right now, he Uh gets all this attention for it. also, you know, the relationship to Drake feels significant. They're friends. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So it's not coincidental because the music video even looks like a Drake Vintage music Drake. video from kind Back of when that he was era. happy. It, yeah. yeah, well, because it feels it's interesting. It feels like to me, Drake is curdling into male toxicity. All He's of an this incel. Is, He's yeah, an incel. Now. All of this is on the same continuum, frankly. Uh. But it's interesting that like to see. Jack Harlow, because here's the thing. I don't know if I think Jack Harlow is incredibly talented, but I do think he's savvy. And he's having and fun. And I felt like he was like, oh, well, if Drake doesn't want mm-hmm. to be Drake, then as we think it. of him, you know, with asterisks, I'll step into that void. Because you're right, this, what, the motto came out in what, probably 2010, yeah, 2011? Years and I felt ago. like Jack Harlow was like, well, I'll, I'm happy like to step that. right into, we know it works. And yeah. I look, my expectations with pop music right now are so low. Yeah. My two things are, do I remember any lyrics by the end of this song? Like, can I even mm-hmm. recall the hook? Mm-hmm. And it's wild how often I can't. Songs just go through, like water, you know what I mean? And then two, do I smile? Do I have a where I go, oh, 
wait a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah, that like yeah. where yeah. you kind of perk up. And I got to yeah. say the song yeah. does it. I, it does yeah. it for me. Yeah. And I also, I wanted to go back to what you just said. It's giving me an aha. And it Look at Jack Harlow. Give it, yes. Feeding us. Feeding, feeding us. the conversation, darling. Sustaining us. Oh my this, God. listeners, is not a feast of crumbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you a thing I know? Can I tell you a thing I know? Yeah. Jack Harlow. Is a crumb, baby. It's <laughs> a crumb. <laughs> this idea of the racialized white guy, the white guy that realizes his own positionality within our cultural and racial landscape, because I would argue that there is a moment in which that's happening, and the, the most famous person on the face of this earth that I would put in this box uh-huh. is Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. He has historically dated. He was in a very long-term relationship with a black woman. And we know, as people who've been in interracial relationships... She got him together. Yes. When you are in an interracial relationship... He dresses like someone who's dated a black person. Yes, truly. And it's like when you're in an interracial... That beard is too tapered. (laughs) Oh, and I do have to acknowledge Madam Swift. Because when they started dating, he still had that awful officer porn stash. Hey, now, what's wrong with the stash? I was going to leave you out of it. (laughs) I was going to leave you out of it. I'm kidding. I like your stash. (laughs) Um, But he has the beard again. And I would just like to thank... Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift I'd like to thank there. that. Okay. But thank I her think for that. like Travis is a Jack Harlow like person for oh, me, yeah. and they're having this moment right now where people are getting really excited about these white guys with a little bit of swagger well, who play football, yes. who well, rap, who yes. do these things. And I mean, as as much as I think the whole Jack Harlow TikTok trend is lazy, I will say it's like if the last decade plus has been watching straight men and white men reconsider their place in America and the mm-hmm. world. If this is how they reconsider it, it's a lot better than some nasty, trashy Reddit thread where they're yeah. like becoming rattled, like yeah. radicalized. And you I would know? say this is that. You know, we do have the incel January six type of white masculinity that is flourishing right now. But I think we do have there those, are like, other Jack modes Harlow, of white masculinity. Travis Kelsey, white masculinity that's forming that is conscious of blackness, conscious of gender, conscious of queerness. Like Jack Harlow's famously little on sex's best friend yeah. and rap with him in yeah. a time that people were being really awful to little yeah. on sex. So they're like the the woke white guys with some swagger yeah. and I'm, I'm willing to be thirsty for I those will guys. say though these woke <laughs> these woke white guys on TikTok doing the 8 second Jack Harlow challenge dance would it kill you to dance I don't know when you're fine they're, they're, just, they're just looking some of them just are beautiful l- l- listen darling it's called being a model okay it's a, there's a whole wow. tradition when it works it works I, I'm curious you know let's see where this goes yeah. um, it's a lead single first of all for a new album his last lead single hit number one, right? Yeah. Right, it, it, right. The Fergie song. Yeah, yeah. So he's it's a pivot. You know, I'm I'm curious to see where this goes. I definitely think your point, Sam, about the way you know. And look, white supremacy is the savviest of savvy. Yeah, so true. I'm always like, well, damn, how are you going to weaponize this? But you're right. Like acknowledging that whiteness is a race is frankly a step up. Yes, um, it's something. But you know, we'll see we'll where see. it goes. We'll and see. he even says, you know, to those of y'all in the back waiting for the rest of the music, you know, cut your boy some slack. You know, we'll <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah, we'll see. I do want to before we close this segment credit the artist who made the vocals that were sampled because they're uh, good his name is cadillac dale cadillac okay dale. cadillac dale he did it whatever right yeah. the song is a 1995 okay. cadillac dale That's song what called like. whatever all right i ain't got no option to yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those songs that makes you want to like stick your tongue out like yeah. <laughs> i love it all right well listeners i was gonna say what do y'all think about the song but i actually don't care i really enjoy it <laughs> We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll give you some recommendations. <laughs> Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love, up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama. Cole Hahn, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's Day with gifts up to 60% off. Hey listeners, I don't know about you, but with everything going on, when I find a real source of joy, but especially a real source of joy brought to us by Black people, I hold on to it with both hands. And one example of that is Abbott Elementary. I love Abbott Elementary and Quinta Brunson's brilliance so much. And so I'm really happy to hear that Pop Culture Happy Hour has a whole episode talking about why the show is so great. NPR has a new collection of podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy and resilience, empowerment, and history. 
Each episode is a living account of what it means to be Black in America today, told from a Black perspective. From Megan Thee Stallion to shows like Abbott Elementary to the story of stars like Tracy Ellis Ross, as well as moments from history like the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, there is no limit to the range of NPR. Listen to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back. Before we end the show, we're each going to share something that's been helping us keep our vibes right this week. Uh, who wants to go first? I can go first. Do it. So I have to say, I have been so impressed by Amazon Studios. I'm not always impressed. You know, the streamers sometimes have moments and they go under mm-hmm. and they're not that great. So you like Lauren and I knew Jack. Ooh, you had, I saw that dagger ready. <laughs> I knew. I didn't even think about that when I wrote this down originally. Walked but yeah, right wow, into his trap. You know, you know, okay. Right into okay. his trap. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to assume she had nothing to do with his editorial choice. Because <laughs> it's really good. And um, it is that Amazon has some of the best superhero content out. Right now. The Boys is in, uh, right? The Boys, boys. is their big What's the show. other one now? There's Gen V, okay, which I've heard is good things part about of it. the universe of The Boys. Okay. It's about high schoolers or young Can I put in a little plug? Yeah. Shout out to all my Wheel of Time girlies. <laughs> I don't know. What, what do we call The Wheels? The Wheelies? Wheel, wheelies. We, we love Wheel of Time on Amazon Prime. So that's a nice fantasy show. But Actually, Zaynab Johnson's yes, um, hijabs, on, yes, hijabs sure. off her comedy oh, yeah, special. They're, they're, they're uh-huh. doing things. But her. in the superhero world, they have the boys universe, which includes Gen V, which is amazing. It's a new show that's out. It just had its first season. Okay. But they have this new animated show that also just came out oh. called Invincible. And all of these are based off comics and books. And it's just... If you are tired of Marvel's obsession with like the perfect hero, this mm. is the opposite. These are like okay. really okay. desperate, terrible people. Certainly the people. boys is pretty yes, messy. It's like pretty yeah. grotesque. It's pretty graphic. But it just really shows you, it kind of, all of them pose this idea of what happens if we lived in the world where there were superheroes and the superheroes didn't want to save anybody? Mm. What would happen next? And it's pretty okay. amazing what they all explore. So definitely if you're in, wanting to get into superhero stuff and you're tired of watching Avengers Endgame, check out Amazon. Well, and also Amazon had that movie that I recommended a few weeks ago. The See? Burial with Jamie Foxx and Tommy Lee Jones and Journey Smollett doing the work. Amazon's worth that. Amazon so, spends yeah. the money for the good stuff. Well, so what's interesting, and I wonder if it's just because they have so much money so they don't need it. But, you know, I got into Wheel of Time a, a couple of weeks ago. I started live tweeting mm-hmm. it on Blue Sky. It's a whole, I love it. I'm very excited for season three. I think they have finished filming it. Yeah. I, but I realized, I was like, Amazon, it's kind of like Apple. They don't advertise. They don't. Nothing. They don't put well, any because it's not their money maker. Is that why? Yeah. Okay. Like and Apple makes money. You have on the to go iPhones. looking for these yeah. shows. Yeah. 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 And Apple doesn't actually make that many shows. Mm. Amazon, though, to your point, creates a lot of things. It's a lot yeah. of They content. put out a ton. Yeah. And they kind of are known in the industry of being like too wide editorially. Mm-hmm. Like they don't want mm-hmm. to focus. I think there's oh, some reporting. Swarm. Swarm is that also was on Amazon. Amazon Prime. So they'll take every shot where Apple takes very few shots. Yeah. Interesting. And Apple won't really do stuff that's too queer. Yeah. Yes. Still, I've noticed that. But and I will say, Severance and Bad Sisters on on Apple TV Plus. Ooh, Severance oh, is good. Yeah. Do you think we will ever get another no. season of Severance? No. Okay. No. It was a perfect season. It was a perfect season. It was a perfect, perfect season. season. All right. Thank you, Zach. Saeed, what's your rec? My poem this week is by Solmaz Sharif. She is a Persian poet. She was born in Istanbul. And uh, when when I met her, uh, I think she was living here in New York City. Solmaz has two excellent books out. The first was titled Look. And Solmaz's most recent book came out, I believe, in 2022 and is titled Customs. Mm -hmm. And I'll just get into this poem, Social Skills Training. Studies suggest... How may I help you, officer, is the single most disarming thing to say, and not, what's the problem? Mm. Studies suggest it's best the help reply, my pleasure, and not, no problem. Studies suggest it's best not to mention problem in front of power, even to say there is none. Gloria Steinem says women lose power as they age, and yet the loudest voice in my head is my mother. Studies show the mother we have in mind isn't the mother that exists. Mind says, what the fuck are you crying for? Studies show the baby monkey will pick the fake monkey with fake fur over the furless wire monkey with milk, without contest. Studies show to negate something is to think it away. I'm not sad. I'm not sad. Studies recommend regular expressions of gratitude and internal check-ins. Enough, 
the wire mother says. History is a kind of study. History says we forgave the executioner. Before we mopped the blood, we asked, Lord Judge, have I executed well? Studies suggest yes. What the fuck are you crying for, officer? The wire mother teaches me to say. While studies suggest, Salmas, have you thanked your executioner today? Mm. That is the poem, Social Skills Training by Solmaz mm. Sharif. Again, um, her two critically acclaimed, incredible books, Look and Customs. Mm. Can't recommend incredible. her work enough. I also did the thing that Zach said to do, to read along <laughs> while you read it. Wow. <laughs> Isn't it great? Wow. Is this it great? Is, actually, and this was like a, a nice moment as I was going, you know, trying to decide and, you know, I don't have my, fortunately, I can't travel with all my books, you know. <laughs> so I was, like, going through poems that were just kind of coming to mind. And I was like, oh, I love this poem. This is familiar. And I realized when I was at BuzzFeed and I was the culture editor, I published poetry and you this is one this. of the poems oh my I goodness. published. <laughs> I love it. You're like, I, like, I was like, I kind of recognize this You're working this your part. range. You're working your range. I mostly kind of have, have kind of memory hold that part of my life, but it's I nice to know. That. I When, the, nice when I have know. moments like that, because I did this this morning. But these moments in which you like, something is familiar or you like put your AirPods in your bag or something, or you published a poem that uh -huh. you need it later. I always say to myself, thank you past self for taking care of future Yeah, yeah. look at that taste. Yeah. Look at that I taste. Like, look that. at me. So I like take those that. moments and be like, wow, I really did. Did, did, yeah. did the work. Yeah. And, and just one more thing about this poem, you know, Salmaz has written about the war on terror, the war in Iraq, different specific histories that obviously intersect with, you know, America as, you know, the world's super cop. But it's, of course, I mean, not a coincidence, listeners, we know what's going on in the world in places like Israel and Gaza. And so the way in which art even when written with specific contexts in mind. The universe. You know, this could be about the war in Iraq. This could be about places like Abu Ghraib. But, you know, of course, history lives in us and it lives through us. And so the way poems can then resonate in new Speaking light so in terms of new stories, I always think is interesting. So that's my okay. vibe. But um, what's your recommendation, Sam? Jack Harlow's new song, <laughs> Loving On Me? Is that what it is? No? Okay. You see Just how tired out. I am? Just you see out. how tired I am? I thought you changed. You see the weight on me? You see the weight on me right now? My God. My rec this week is an op-ed by a journalist I truly admire named Lydia Polgreen. Oops. She wrote it for the New York Times this week. And she basically talked about a disturbing photo of uh, six small children who had been killed in Gaza mm. during the hostilities. Mm. And the whole essay is basically making the case for, you need to see this. Mm. You should see this. I'm going to read the first two graphs for you to give you a taste. After this, listeners, go read the whole thing. She starts the essay by saying, if you don't look too closely, you might think the photograph is a dimly lit snapshot from a slumber party or a family camping trip. Mm. Six small children lie in a row their heads poking out from the white sheet that is casually lying across their small chest. None appear to be older than 10, though it is hard to say for sure. At first, you might not notice the smear of drying blood in the upper right-hand corner of the image. Mm. But then you do, and then it is impossible not to see that one child, second from left, appears to be missing a chunk of skull. And when you now look with your full attention, the horror of this tableau takes shape, and you see that only one child, a girl with a ponytail, probably eight or nine years old, looks even remotely as if she is sleeping. Mm. Her head is turned slightly as if she had been drowsily whispering something to the girl beside her. Mm. And then you see the terse caption, which reads, The bodies of children killed in an Israeli strike lie on the floor at the morgue of Al-Aqsa Hospital in the central Gaza Strip on October 22nd. It is a shocking and stark display of the brutality mm. that's happening right now. And Lydia, in her role as a Times op-ed columnist, said, don't look away, don't look away, don't look away. But she writes this essay and goes on to say how she wasn't allowed to share the entire image because the Times pushed back. Yeah. Wow. So her even writing this is a profiling wow. page. I'm so grateful for Lydia. She was the editor-chief of Huffington Post for a while. She's a war correspondent from the New York Times many years ago, and I'm glad that she's returned to the Times to write because she was running Gimlet at Spotify for a while. But she, Queer black woman. Queer black yes. woman. She's amazing. But like this piece is so, so important, and it echoes 
a conversation I had on Sunday night with Dr. Darian Sutton on Good Morning America. Dr. Sutton, if you guys Who we follow love, him on yes. TikTok, we love. Another black queer sister of ours. And um, he was also echoing similar, you know, complications in being mm. a medical correspondent and having to look at all of these images as they come in from the strikes and having to think about how do we contextualize this? How do we talk about this when at the end of the day, it's just so heartbreaking. I mean, you know, I, I spoke, I guess, was this just last week about how war and politics flatten Mm -hmm. human lives, Mm -hmm. that deep humanity, into statistics and numbers. And even as you try, you know, to acknowledge the whole, it's hard, it's difficult. And another flattening is the way institutions, often under the violence of Mm -hmm. objectivity, um, do things like not even allow the accurate object. This yes. is objectivity. Yes. Let's describe the image. She had I'm to put really a hyperlink in the essay. grateful she did this. She has a hyperlink in the essay Wow. to take you somewhere else to see the actual image. And so I think it's important to ask ourselves why. Yes. Why yeah. would journalistic institutions want to censor, flatten, derail, distract from what's yeah. actually happening in any situation? Yeah. Well, and the essay is just so perfect. She's a brilliant writer. She closes it by saying, and so I ask you to look at these children. They are not asleep. They are dead. They will not be part of the future. But know this, the children in the morgue photo could be any children. Uh, and, And why, to like really put a lot of support behind her in this reportage, is that some of the biggest photographic journalistic moments in the history of the world have been about children facing violence. So whether it's after the bomb drops in Japan, there's a mm. famous photo. Or the, the Civil Rights the, Movement. The Civil Rights yeah. Movement in Mitz Hill. It's usually children that do move us to change. So I think that's the point of her piece. Like We yeah. do have to look at yeah. this because it, it moves us so much that we do. Yeah. The essay is called, This Photograph Demands an Answer. Mm-hmm. Lydia Polgreen, thank you for your work. You know, it makes me think of Zora Neale Hurston. If you're silent about your pain, they'll kill you and mm. say you enjoyed it. Woo. And and so the way in which I just feel, in particular, many people in Gaza, I feel frankly, are being sacrificed. But children especially, there's no way they can advocate for yeah. themselves. And so for us to not even be willing to acknowledge the death of the children. How, how are you going to do this and not even be willing to look, you know, as a government, as a gatekeeper, as yeah. a nation is... Uh, well, it's like, oof. yeah, what would you do if a child died next to you? Mm. Yeah. What would you do? Mm. You'd do something, mm-hmm. right? These children die over there, we do nothing. Anywho, we could go down this road for a while. Wow. Lydia, thanks for the piece. Check it out. Thanks for your recs, everybody. Oof. Listeners, let us know what you're feeling or not feeling this week. What's your vibe? What's keeping your vibe right? Check in with us via email. Vibecheck at Stitcher.com. Vibecheck at Stitcher.com. Also, don't forget, I've already said it, our first book club episode will air next Wednesday. The book is called Poverty by America by Matthew Desmond. You can still read the book before next Wednesday. All right, my loves, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Vibe Check. If you love the show and want to support us, please make sure to follow the show on your favorite podcast listening platform. Tell a friend, tell two. Huge thank you to our producer, Chantel Holder, engineers, Veronica Simonetti and Sam Kiefer, and Marcus Holm for our theme music and sound design. Also, special thanks to our executive producers, Nora Ritchie at Stitcher and Brandon Sharp from Agenda Management and Production. And as always, we want to hear from you. So don't forget, you can email us at vibecheck at stitcher.com and keep in touch with us on Instagram at at Sam Sanders, at Zach Staff, and at The Ferocity. Use the hashtag vibecheckpod as always. Stay tuned for our special book club episode next week with Matthew Desmond. Until then, bye. 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 Stitcher. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's day with gifts up to 60% off.
Hey, I'm Ruben. My band and I have a new song. I'm also a tow truck driver. When you move over and slow down, you're making sure I get to go home at the end of the day and see my bandmates. When you see flashing lights, remember, they're not just roadside workers. Thank you for moving over and slowing down.